0: Welcome to Story Conversations. I'm Simon Arrowsmith, and with me, as and, uh, always, is
1: Susan Griffin. <laughs> yes, indeed.
0: And today we are talking. Oh, it's our it's our sort of wrap up episode, isn't it? Susan, we're we're going to yeah. wrap up what we've done. Wrap up today.
1: season one. Yeah, season one. But but have no fear. Season two is already in development, and it we'll is. talk more about that. But yeah. wow, what 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 an. Amazing <laughs> wow! It we we've got twelve episodes under our belt. Um, so, uh, what did what did we promise? Well, when we started yeah. this, we promised interesting, interesting conversations with creatives, academics, producers of entertainment, artists, um, songwriters, authors. Hmm. Who would share how story and storytelling helps them shape their work, not necessarily the output, but in certain cases, yes, and and we we delivered, yeah, on that, and, and I think,
0: yeah, and we and, and hopefully you also delivered our other promise, which is to draw some dotted lines from their work to um the world of our listeners, which are mostly in business and marketing worlds and and to think about how they might be using some of these lessons in their own storytelling practice. Um, So to begin with, Susan, any general reflections on the season?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny because I went back and reviewed a a lot of our episodes and um, (laughs) I found that I said, that's amazing. I have the world's (laughs) record for the most (laughs) Frequent use of the phrase "That's amazing," but honestly, very authentically, I was I thought I knew a lot of these folks, but yeah. I was enthralled with the stories that they told us. Yeah, me too. and um, and, and what about you? What,
0: what? I, well I just think it's I think what's interesting for me is that there are some there is such a broad range. Of the way stories are used in the world, of course, um, but there are some fundamental things that connect them. I think that 's probably what we should talk about right today right to think think, about, things yeah. that
1: we things that we inherently you and I mm. believe very firmly in in the whole notion of narrative story and storytelling, but it was really interesting to see that there were through lines. That appeared in different episodes that confirmed that and 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 um, el- illuminated that the concepts that we think about all the time in very interesting ways. So yeah, yeah. let's let's talk about those. Um,
0: so I, I guess the first is thinking about the kind of core fundamentals of how to tell a story or or. or how stories are made, and what's a what's a good story? I mean, we had a couple of great examples of that. We had Jeremy Jeremy Sturt back in episode three, talking about the hero's journey into leadership. Sort of, you know, thinking about you know where are you now? Where do you want to be? What's your route to get there? What's going to stop you, um, and why? You know, why do you want to go on that journey? Um, I thought that was really interesting, and obviously, having worked with Jeremy quite extensively, you know, I, I know that. Using those simple tools of of story really kind of just gets gets kind of any question down to its its root right.
1: Um, and yeah, and and uh, interestingly enough, in episode twelve, phil goldston, our our songwriter mm-hmm. storyteller, basically gave us this this nice little formula of, you know, why do we write songs? What story are we telling? To whom and by what means, mm. and we we saw an interesting parallel to the, the the challenge that brands face. you know, why do we deliver our product and service? What story do we tell about it? to whom and by what means so that mm. that was interesting, um, but you know what? there was another kind of through line that I thought was incredibly useful to think about. And that was what stories are not, <laughs> right? Yeah. And we we talk a lot amongst our amongst ourselves between us about <laughs> the fact that narrative story and storytelling are three different things. Yeah. <clears throat> but in um, episode, in our episode with Peter Tarshus. yeah. Um who is the producer of the true crime series on episode A&E. six episode six episode that was. six right yeah. he had this really interesting uh, co- comment that he tells script writers and and directors and and he and he, he he um reinforces the notion that a story is not, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. And we we face that all the time with our respective yeah. clients. That
0: they want a story and is everything, and yeah. and and and, where's, and and where's the but and where's the because? That's what we, that's what we want. That's the that's the interesting stuff,
1: right? Um. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I guess part of that is the, um, the temptation by certain people or c- c- certain um, individuals to try and tell everything, to tell a, a generic story, a story that's too broad. Perhaps um, you know, uh, if you're trying to do that, you're not really telling a story. You're you're missing the heart and the simplicity of a story, perhaps.
1: Right, and even though. Several of our guests, our conversation partners, hmm. emphasized the importance of backstory. Phil Goldston in episode tw- 12 did yep. that. Um, and things like context. Um, Dave McCoggan, um, yep. he was uh, in episode 9. He talked about context. Um, You're not, you don't have to put everything in your story, (laughs) but if people understand the context and the backstory, then they will shape the storytelling in an appropriate way for the audience that they're addressing.
0: Yeah. And I think that's another thing to, you know, we're talking about from our perspective, yours and mine, Susan's, we're talking about business storytelling or brand storytelling. We're not talking about these deep worlds of entertainment. We're not talking about Game of Thrones where backstory is you know, we, it, really, really deep. And sometimes that backstory is revealed to the audience and sometimes it's just there in, in the world of the story. But fundamentally, you don't actually need to reveal all of your backstory to everyone. Um, you just want to make sure you, you as, the, as the storyteller, whether that be as an individual or as a brand, understand it, and know it well enough so that when you're telling the story, you know where it's coming from.
1: Right. And the applicability to our audience really is that <clears throat> um, everyone in the organization, that, you know, the, the, the leader may create the narrative, mm. but everyone in the organization needs to absorb the story and the narrative in such a way that they can tell it with authenticity, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, yeah. The, <clears throat> there were a couple of through lines that came out. Um, one was the, a very interesting part of the the origin stories of a lot of our, our guests, and that was the whole idea of being open to serendipity. Mm. Right? Yeah. Certainly Diane Hassan um author of our common Ground, um uh, our our guest in episode 11 yeah she talked about literally her career being shaped by serendipity but dave mccoggin again <clears throat> former advertising planner of episode 9 <clears throat> he talked about being a children's librarian and yeah. and and um self-described bibliosexual but we won't the, no spoiler <laughs> alerts here go back and listen to episode nine it's hilarious and and quite entertaining but he described being open to opportunities that didn't look like they were going to draw on his experience but actually they did in very interesting ways and our our uh, our dear friends it concretes yeah um, vincent and and Joe in episode four their origin story as incarcerated people serving sent long sentences in federal prison, but having the eureka moment that led to them founding this this iconoclastic ad agency um they were open to the serendipity of one thing sparking the narrative of what yeah. their business could do. Um, and
0: I guess it's about not getting stuck in your own story too much that you that you're not open to seeing where other stories are coming in and how what what opportunity that might provide for you that. That jumping off point and being aware, aware. I think there's, you know, something that's linked to that. You know, in the sense of being open, is about being open to being uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Um, Sal Basile talked about it in episode five when he talked about not everybody is going to resonate with your story, and that's okay. That probably means you found your audience. It probably means that you are, um, you, you're on the right track. Not everyone's going to like it, and that's okay. And and Phil also talked about Phil Goldston also talked about that. In the idea of um, being inspired by limitation, and right. recognizing that actually it's in you know he talked about that brilliant story with his piano missing the keys, and how that discomfort and the fact that the person actually I won't I won't I won't I won't tell any more no, of that story. Go back and listen to the episode.
1: It, it's it's but also Jeremy Sturt in mm. episode three uh, three right. Yeah. He talked about. The the danger of avoiding conflict, mm. right? And that you know, kind what? of the the yin and the yang to Sal saying not everybody's going to resonate with your story. You've got to be prepared. You've got to feel. You've got to know that the conflict is going to come.
0: I mean, you and I, you and I talk about this all the time with clients. It's just that they're they're trying to avoid looking whole i guess by saying everything's everything's perfect everything's wonderful but that's not where human interest lies it's not it's not what we're interested in we don't we don't trust perfection and so that right. co- those conflict moments that, that those times when you struggled is you know it's important i always, I often say nobody likes a lottery winner because you know they didn't earn their money they just came by it <laughs> you know? right
1: but interestingly enough many 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 lottery winners then face unforeseen conflict. I mean, the the whole idea, if you prepare for the people who are not going to resonate with your story, if you prepare for conflict, you're much more comfortable with dealing with it when it comes. And that came through in a lot of different places. Um, It was interesting because there was this this yin and yang of the what story can do to demystify complicate complicated things yeah right and and peter Lenz, um, who's episode 10 he's the, the data science scientist whose former job when, when he first started out was an explainer mm mm-hmm. In the New York Hall of Science, and and you know, Pete, if if anybody has a complicated story to tell, it's it's data scientists. But Peter was was brilliant in terms of examples of how story can 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 make complicated things more accessible, and the flip side of that is, you know, people like Sal, author mm. of. Cool, The History of Air Conditioning in America, <laughs> um, episode five, he was telling the story and the backstory about something we think we know everything about. And and we, we were talking before this episode about how it's July when we're recording this, and man, do we need air conditioning, both in <laughs> New York and yeah. in... in yeah. Um, in the UK. Yeah. So that that felt very interesting to me that kind of you know the power of story for brands to help convey something really complicated but also to embellish and enlarge an understanding of something that we think.
0: Yeah, and so much of that demystification of the complicated or the sort of lean-in element of ordinary comes uh, is about context again, which we which we've talked about. And I just think it's worth bringing in Mary again. Oh, to, you know, in episode Mary one, yeah, yeah, in episode, episode one, she's talking about contextual metaphors and how metaphors will only work in certain contexts and certain cultures. Um, you know, so I, I think you we, people do have a tendency to overcomplicate their stories and their storytelling and i think part of that is bringing in too much backstory so you know all of those elements come into
1: right and, play and there. dave McCoggins' stories and again i would encourage our our listeners if if you missed that one or even if you listen to it go back and listen to it again because he is the master of metaphor but he he looks at these questions that you know how do we deal with social media and what's the nature how does change happen mm. and he doesn't say well change happens this way but he use, he tells these stories that are metaphors that bring that to life bringing those ideas to life but he also talked about how sometimes you change the storytelling based on the size of the audience mm. who your audience is the cultural context in which the audience is listening yeah so that that was
0: that no was... i think i think that context and audience also links very closely to the next thing that i had in mind which is about collaboration about right. sh- sharing in storytelling and we heard we heard that from a number of different episodes. We heard it from the Concrete Skies, from Gunny Scarfo, and and for Mary back in episode one. So from Gunny in episode right. two, um, yeah. Being open to collaboration with unlikely partnerships uh, for sourcing stories to you know to find stories in the in the first place. Um, and Mary <laughs> was the one who said that for a story to be really, you know strong it needs the collaboration of an entire organization the entire organization i i think that's really really interesting for our listeners in terms right. of business storytelling if you don't get everyone behind the story behind the narrative as it were the stories they tell will probably be well they probably won't be very close to the actual right. one you want and, them to tell
1: <laughs> and it's and it's interesting that that would be so relevant to business when you know, the context for our conversation with Dr. (laughs) Mary Fussell is that she teaches the social history of medicine at Johns Hopkins and specifically focuses on sex education in the 18th century and 17th century Great Britain. I mean, the fact that we we (laughs) had such a relevant observation from her was, I think, one one of the first moments where I said to myself, yeah, you know what, Simon and I, I we're, we're, we're on to something. Yeah. with this, with, with this uh, approach to story conversations. Yeah. Um, if I can, you know, insert <laughs> you an unpaid political announcement. Here.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think the thing you know connected to that collaboration, and as we know, a big part of collaboration is, is listening, and the idea right. of, of, and you know, I'm not again, I don't want to. blow my own own trumpet as well but we talked i i brought up the subject of story listening about the 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 art of listening by (laughs) focusing on the storytelling elements um i think i think i I really firmly believe that if you if you listen for a story if you know how a story is made you can listen for it and then you know when you're being told a story or worse when you're being sold a story Um, and we had a great conversation with gunny Scarfo in episode two about that with. I,
1: I think he was ready to credit you and, yeah. <laughs> and pay royalties for yeah, I'm, I'm the idea of story that. listening. Yeah, yeah, we do have the we do have the the jar that's labeled insert insert <laughs> Venmo, money. Venmo, PayPal, all, yeah, all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> But 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 certainly Diane Hessen mm. in episode eleven oh goodness, when yeah. she talked about interviewing undecided voters in 2016 in the U.S., and then subsequently interviewing literally, I I can't remember how long the interview, but every week interviewing a group of 500 voters, Republicans, Democrats, undecided, um, all stripes, and coming to the conclusion that we... We are not listening enough. Yeah, you know, and, and and her her book, Our Common Ground, is um, is her telling the story of that experience. So that, that story, listening, is um. Certainly. It 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 was a through line that that came. Yeah, it kept coming and, up. And and um, I'm not sure that this this is exactly the fits in this topic, but Will Nolan, who is the um, head of patient advocacy at an ad agency and also an entertainer, episode eight. Um, I mean, that corollary to listening is, you know, making sure that you're telling the story that is relevant to that audience who is listening. Cause mm-hmm. if you, if you, if you're not specific yeah. and we, we've kind of struggled with that word, didn't we <laughs> throughout the series, but that was kind of humorous as well. Um, if you try to tell a story that's going to resonate with everyone, if you speak too broadly, you're going to speak to no one. And you and I talk about that all the time. Um, yeah. your
0: work with clients uh, absolutely I mean it's, it, it, I feel like a stuck record sometimes um because I think I think there is this tendency for businesses to want to speak very generically and broadly because they believe that there might be missing a segment a part of the market if they don't make their message uh universal well the universality Universality—that's not even a word, yeah. is it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, I, it is. And another one that we're going to have to work on <laughs> blah, 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 pronouncing. Yeah, 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 But that
0: that that universal nature of that messaging can sometimes just make it bland, or 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 as so I like to—the word I yet like to use—is beige. If your yes. message—if your message is beige, very few <laughs> people are going to listen to it. They want a specific color. Um, right. And I think that I think this really draws us into. You know, our last couple of points, which is around this need for a story at its heart and the storyteller to have authenticity, Um, you know, right. it's so important. I mean, right. Audrey talked about that. Audrey Larty talked about that in episode seven. I thought, you know, she had... Brilliantly. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and there's there's so many ways she talked about it. She, I mean, she, we, we talked a little bit earlier in this conversation about that story from the top translating down you know I know Audrey and have worked with her and and she worked with an organization with a very charismatic storyteller who was the leader Where, where that sort of fell down was in the translation because people didn't feel authentically they could tell the same story what we had to help them with was find your version of that same story but keep the truth at the heart of it you know, and as as you as I think you quite rightly said, it's not necessarily about telling a true story, but it's a one that is because the because your organisation knows the narrative so clearly, any story is understood um, by all stakeholders in the organisation.
1: Right, and and it's the notion of too many, particularly you know, those folks who are uh, training salespeople. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's have a script. You know, Ugh. let's yeah, and 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 Audrey had this amazing analogy about salespeople being superstitious that yeah. they punch in a code three ten nine four, and that's how sales come out. And that's like you know, we're if we if we stick to this script, you know, that's how we're going to get our uh, the results we want. And it's it's she. She talked so eloquently about being the, the being the God, the spirit guide who hmm. helps salespeople understand a value proposition, but being willing to step away from their you know their their superstitious code. I think and,
0: it, I think what's also interesting about that is that stories are a, a formula; they are a code it's the stuff that you lay on top of them that makes them authentically you. So you you can work with sales. Sales teams should be working with stories and you can help sales teams understand how to use the code of story, the story code, if you like, to unlock what they need to unlock. So they still get to push some buttons, but actually what they're doing is they're adding their own magic and authentic message on top to really make right. it their own. That makes it genuine. Right.
1: Well that's the thing you have to you and we know this from from theater you know mm. an actor can't just recite lines but ha- they need to know how to use lines to deliver the story um we we heard a slight variation on that idea of authenticity um in Will Nolan's episode, mm-hmm. um, he, you, he, he, as a, a spokesperson for patient advocacy in an ad agency that works primarily with pharma clients, what I found fascinating was that he encourages the clients of his agency to bring in some voice of the patient, you know, if there's like a uh, muscular dystrophy mm. awareness month, that that you bring that story, that patient story, and the story of families of those patients, to everyone in the organization, yeah, to the guys in the warehouse, to the guys in logistics, to the people in admin, to the people in finance. So that everyone is working towards that mission that's driven by a passion, and a word that you and I believe is a bit overused, but <laughs> you know, I, I mean, empathy. Hmm. Um. But that that everyone authentically knows what the the story is and can can tell it. Yeah, and that you know, honestly. We talk about this all the time but the storytelling is is essentially what makes us human.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's um, part and parcel of how we think, it's how we create meaning um with our surroundings and make sense of the world. You know, and there's there are countless studies that prove this and yet I find it fascinating that it's still considered you know it's almost it's considered what they call a soft skill isn't it story stories instead of storytelling i'm like no it's it's how we are as as human beings it's
1: how our brains work i Absolutely. mean i think jeremy Sturz in episode 3 talked about the neuroplasticity mm. of the brain right yeah, yeah. and that the brain is a perfect story machine and and we you and i talk with clients all the time about the notion that If you're not telling your story, if if your narrative is not complete, Mm. and you're not telling that story (laughs) effectively, your audience is going to see the gaps and fill those gaps in with their own, their brains are going to fill in the gaps in the story, and often with an understanding that you you don't want them to have, a misunderstanding.
0: yeah, I mean, stories are always being told. It's whether you, as the uh, communicator, are telling that story or whether your audience is telling it in their brain. And as, as you said, Susan, filling in that story gap with usually negative connotations, let's be honest. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I, you know, it's interesting. We were, you know, having worked with Jeremy for a long time, another area that I know that he is passionate about is that we shouldn't underestimate humour um, there, when I was working with his organization, um, they had a, ser- a series of, of values. And one would always be a bit of a bone of contention within the organization. Jeremy would insist it was funny, that the, that the work they did should be funny. And Claire and, and many of the rest of us should be, no, it should be fun. It should be fun. And he said, no, <laughs> it should be funny. It should be funny. And I love that dynamic of the two. And I mean, he's not the only one who talks about the, right. the, the importance of humor. Um, we had Will and Sal both, and definitely Peter Tarchis in episode six.
1: Oh, uh, it, it, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, it, we. I I went back and listened to some of our well, all of our episodes, and what struck me was how much fun you and I were having doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also how. Potentially unin- unintentionally funny. I mean, I I can't say that about Peter Tarshish, but um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the stories that we heard were incredibly funny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our work, we work with um, brands who are very serious about their business objectives. And we sometimes have to cajole them into... You know, it, something that's funny is not verboten if you're yeah. trying to grow a brand. Um, but,
0: I mean, that comes back to that same issue of conflict, you know, where they're shying away from humor. They're also shying away from conflict and the flaws that are part and parcel of either an experience or what they're delivering. And, and what we see time and again, if you see it in public life, when someone makes a mistake, if they own up to that mistake and are genuine uh, early, they can overcome it. If they don't, if they lie about the mistake, that that's the thing that we can't forgive. That's the thing that we, you know, keep coming back to. It. So I, I think shying away from conflict points is just as important as not shying away from... No, what am I saying? Don't shy away from conflict points and don't shy away from humour, yeah.
1: Right, right. Because in essentially, you know... Uh, I, I I know we watch funny animal videos but it's really <laughs> humans who are capable of humor. Hmm. Um context. Yeah. Yeah, I mean so that it that that is a fundamental um aspect of being human. Um Yeah. And that's what I I I I think when we do work with 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 clients whether it's around forming their narrative, or helping the organization absorb the narrative in such a way that they can authentically communicate the narrative, communicate translate the story, it. Yeah. translate it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we 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 do emphasize the notion that, you know, you've got to you you've got to even if you're selling machinery
0: Mm.
1: you've got to convey your humanity because um it's those relationships that are formed through story well i think that's
0: yeah i was was just gonna say i think that's more important now than ever i mean so much of work is becoming automated so much of work is going to be digital it's already digitized it's just only going to get more prolific and as humans we kind of can't compete with that stuff we you know it's really interesting to watch organizations try and compete and try and become more automated in as humans when in fact they should be leaning into their humanity leaning into their stories and getting their stories uh, or their storytelling capability stronger so that when the time comes which is coming when automation takes over their the roles they're doing today they can then interpret the data the information the you know, whatever it is and use stories more effectively to 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 be better humans in the workplace i would say
1: right right um so that's amazing
0: <laughs> you did this say you hadn't said it to this episode <laughs> what are we gonna uh, what are we gonna look at uh, in season two then well, Where, where's our focus you know- gonna be I'm asking like I don't know the answers to that. (laughs) What is your? (laughs) Well, well, I I, look.
1: um, Well, let's talk in general about the kinds of people who we're going to have on in in season two. Um, We've we've had some really interesting uh, conversations with people who are in the arts and in entertainment, and we have a few lined up. Um, for next season that mm-hmm. are equally interesting. But I think we've started to look at a category of storytellers that I'm going to describe as, you know, we, we believe in narrative story and storytelling is three mm. different elements. We're going to look at some people that whose job titles are different than this, but they are effectively the narrators of mm. the narrative. Um, hopefully, that's enough of a tease. So,
0: finding the right stories to tell, to to tell right. the right narrative, yeah, right, uh, and um, sort of there, yeah. without giving too much away, specifically in kind of the areas of law and politics are the sort of sort of areas we want to focus on. But um, yeah, because I just think it's interesting,
1: right? Law, politics, and even religion. <gasps> indeed.
0: indeed, 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 indeed. Well. It's been a lovely season. Yeah. It's a great excuse to speak, to have a conversation with you every other week for, for, if
1: nothing else. Oh my God, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> it, it, it truly, it's, um, it's been a joy for me. And um, I'm loving the feedback that we're getting mm. from our audience members. Um, I had a conversation with a friend, uh, a colleague uh, in business, who listened to several of the episodes and unprompted started recounting to me the things hmm. that he found insightful and and applicable to his business. So I, I'm I'm loving the feedback. We'd love to hear more.
0: Yeah. Um, or, and and maybe you know, who would you like to hear? What sort of aspects of stories and storytelling would you like to be um, on season? Maybe season two. two, or if not season three.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So. Um, We'll be back towards the end of the summer. And um, we look forward to having some more great conversations about narrative story and storytelling.
0: Yeah, and a big thank you to all our guests on season one. You've been fantastic. And we will see you all again in season two. Bye. Bye
1: Bye-bye.